maybe back door, maybe fall off. Sipping codeine, cause I gotta kill a cow. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. The game may be over, but they are just getting started. Raw and unfiltered, this is the OU Insider staff, and this is the Under the Visor postgame podcast. Welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners post game podcast. And they're 500. They're 500. They're five and five, speaking of the Oklahoma Sooners, and they lost on a last second field goal to now four and six West Virginia, 23 to 20. And this is one of those games that. Uh, Venable said it. Congratulations to West Virginia, but Oklahoma beat Oklahoma today. And he was right. He was right. Parker, we talked about this off air. Three of the five losses, because Dylan Gabriel, you don't, I, I don't really even look at TCU and Texas as like games that happened for some odd reason. Obviously, they're in the score, though they're part of the record and all that stuff, and they happened. It's just we don't talk about because it was like Oklahoma wasn't playing in that game because they didn't have they didn't have anybody to play in those games actually, and so in most in particular Dylan Gabriel, but three of those losses, bro, three of those losses. Two of them by a total of six points. Three. But what, this isn't this back to back last second field goals. Brandon, this is it they, not? Is it not Baylor and they lost by uh, last no. minute last minute field goals? Excuse me. No, Baylor wasn't a last minute field goal. I keep. Why do I think it was? I keep thinking it Baylor, doesn't matter. Baylor led that game by ten points. Correct. That's right. Never mind. Close at the end. Um. My point being is that I know I don't know why I thought that, but. Still, six points to Baylor and West Virginia back-to-back weeks of total. They lost by a touchdown to Kansas State. And all three of those games, when you go back and you look at them and you watch them, Oklahoma beat themselves! They beat themselves! 
dropped passes, penalties and in inopportune times, throwing a damn helmet against Baylor, face masking on a – and I know he's our Mason Thomas is a freshman. I get it. But, dude – I don't know. Walk everybody through this because I, I have no I have no words at this point because the narrative that they're not getting better, I think, is foolish because they are getting better. It's just they're getting better and then they're getting better at beating themselves at the same time. How is that possible? Here's what it boils down to, Brandon. This game was everything that we talked about heading into this weekend all manifesting itself once again in front of our very eyes, because what do we talk about? We talked about a football team here in 2022 that has talent, has balance, has a lot of guys that have the potential to be high end college football players or NFL players. But when push comes to shove and you get in a crunch time situation where you need a crucial play, everybody without exception on this roster turns into the skinny kid that gets held by his feet by the gray's an exception and they get shaken down and the lunch money shaken out of their pockets that's what they become brandon west virginia got whatever they wanted mm-hmm. on that final drive with no resistance from oklahoma and that's what it feels like to me. That That's what this team is. This is a football team that, unlike 2021, does not have the capacity to win a close football game Yeah, because they don't have the capacity to go and make the plays necessary when they are necessary to win a close football game. The irony in this, and I, I wish, yeah, I guess I can. It would just be me having to pull the, find the audio, but the irony in all of this is that I'm talking to Marvin Mims, just one-on-one, just me and him after the game. And I asked him, I said, the frustration that you guys are having right now, you can't seem to stop beating yourselves. Things just don't fall the way they should for you guys. The mistakes that you guys keep making, the 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 drop passes. I mean, he called. He said he said he played awful. He said it's my fault. It's my fault. But on the grand scheme of things, when you look at Marvin Mims, he does everything to help the team win ninety percent of the time. Has he had? Four drop passes this year that are very glaring? Yes. But does he catch the ball 99% of the time? Yes. The thing is, is, and again, you and I have talked about this off the air earlier. I asked him, I said, the frustration you guys are having, all the mistakes, the drop passes, the just not being able to get out of your own way and not being able to make a play when needed or or just making winning plays in in big moments something that Oklahoma has done for the last 22 years and now all of a sudden they can't do it it's it, it, it's it's a new phenomenon 
And he stops me and he goes, this isn't an excuse. This is a fact. Almost 50% of our roster is brand new. Guys that didn't come up through Oklahoma, they don't know what it means to be a Sooner sometimes. They don't know what it takes to wear that across that Oklahoma and that Sooner across your chest sometimes on the field. And he goes, myself included, I've screwed up. I've screwed up. But I thought that was an interesting take that in the transfer portal's cause of it. I mean, there's teams that mesh quickly. And I guess when there's no expectations, you see that a lot. USC, not a ton of expectations. And obviously they have the elite of all elite quarterbacks, right? They've got the dude at quarterback. And that makes a big difference. But on the flip side, you look at everything else that's going on at USC. Obviously, without Caleb Williams, they probably would be, what, six and four, five and five, probably, you would think? Sure. I mean, what do you think they would be? I mean, I haven't given that a ton of thought. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and I both have talked about it. There are certainly some games on USC's schedule that they would not have won since Caleb Williams. Yeah, okay. Sure. So they're closer to 500 than not. Okay. And, but everybody wants to point to, well, they're doing well with the transfers, or Oregon's doing well, or Notre Dame, or all these other guys with the new coaches and transfers are doing well. Well, Notre Dame only had to replace a head coach and the whole staff stayed. So that's just like the equivalent of Stoops and Lincoln Riley in 2017, correct? That's essentially what happened there. So nothing changed, no offense, no defense, no nothing. Riley took his quarterback with him, who knows the scheme. That's half the battle, is your quarterback doing everything correctly. And obviously Dylan Gabriel knows Jeff Levy, but Dylan Gabriel isn't Caleb Williams. He can't, he can't mask all these mistakes that Oklahoma's making, the way Caleb Williams can mask USC's mistakes defensively. That's just a fact. Yeah, and again, we, we've talked about this. Yeah. 2022 Oklahoma is not that different from 2021 Oklahoma. And that's what he's the getting. The key differences are you do not have a Heisman finalist at quarterback, and you do not have that handful of dudes that would make plays when plays needed to be made because they had the mentality and they had the willpower to line up across from somebody, say, I'm better than you, I'm going to beat you and then go ahead and do it. Well, there's a lot to be said for guys returning that have played in Big 12 titles, right? That have won Big 12 titles, that have been in big ball games and won them. 50% of them are gone. And the the ones that the 50% that returned have been around for what a year or two or just got on campus? Right? Like that's what Oklahoma's looking at right now. It's not an excuse. This is a fact. They don't know how to win close ball games. They Precisely. don't. They don't have anybody in that in, out there that can win a damn ball game for them. You would think the quarterback, and I'm not ever going to blame Dylan Gabriel because did Dylan Gabriel play bad today? No, he didn't play great. He didn't play bad. He didn't drop three touchdown passes. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't his fault. But 
it you have to have offensive linemen that know how to win. And that means fourth and three, third and three, third and two, fourth and two. Get the damn first down and push. All you have to do is do your job and block. Get push. Get a push. You got to have linebackers that can fill a gap properly. And unfortunately, the one guy that isn't today or didn't today, it's his third year to start. Right? Yep. Third year. I mean, look. We can we can talk to her blue in the face till the cows come home about how this team doesn't know how to win close games. That's true. That is 100% true. You can't really argue that at this point in time. But I'm also sitting here wondering, how on earth, Brandon, are you playing close games hmm. with teams like West Virginia? Yeah. And there's no easy answer. There's no one cut and dried answer. You can't point to one specific area of this team's play all across the board and conclude, yes, this right here is the reason why Oklahoma isn't running away from teams that we're accustomed to seeing them run away from. Mm -hmm. Because all across the board, there are issues every single week that crop up. Sometimes they're consistent. Sometimes they come out of nowhere. Like today, Marvin Mims dropping a wide open touchdown pass the way that he did against Iowa State. Two. <laughs> Penalties continue to kill this team in crucial situations. And the frustrating thing is, Brandon, is it's never the same penalties, right? It's an offensive <laughs> pass interference here. It's a face mask here. You go back to the Baylor game. It's a personal foul for throwing a helmet there. You can't isolate anything with this team and point to it as the reason why these games are close and why they continue to put themselves in positions to lose. Because nothing is ironclad right now. Not a single thing. I asked you this on the way down to the game, and neither one of us could answer this. Does the amount of in the intensity that... So head coaches aren't supposed to be, notoriously aren't supposed to be the most rowdy individual in the room, right? They're supposed to be sometimes they can get rowdy when need be. Sure. But they can get, they're supposed to be level headed and notoriously most of the time. Right. Yeah. BV's, BV's BV. He's intense all the time. Like there's, there's not a lot of level with him. It's, it's, it's spinal tip reference. Yeah. It's always at 11. It's always an 11. And he's so, toned it down as a head coach, but still, still toned yeah. down BV is yeah, on par with emotional, just about anybody else. Does that wind everybody too tight, even during ball games, to where maybe they feel so tense and tight that that's where these mistakes are taking place? Is that a possibility? Yes, it's a possibility. But do you buy it as a I as think, something that is one of the reasons? Yeah, I'd buy just about anything yeah, at this fair. point, Brandon. It's that's one fair. of the reasons why this team's struggling because I think at five and five coming off a loss to the team that we all thought was the worst team in the Big 12, you need to reevaluate everything. Mm -hmm. And there were so many opportunities today beyond the drop touchdown pass from Mims and the touchdown pass that was called back to Braden Willis. 
there were so many opportunities for this team to establish control over the football game. And they didn't do it. They got beat by a backup quarterback today, Brandon. Always and forever. The Jinx will forever live the backup quarterback in Oklahoma defense. It always happens. They got beat by a five foot eleven backup quarterback. And who acted like Baker, by the way. He acted just like Baker. He he? had a lot of swagger today. Yeah. He had a lot of swagger. And as I think back on some of these seminal moments in this football game, I think the one that stands out, and perhaps it's recency bias because it happened so late in the football game, but Nick Benito tweeted after the football game and said, if you think this is on the coaches, you're fooling yourself, essentially. If that wasn't the exact tweet, it was something very, very similar to that. Zach Sanchez said the same yes. thing. Now, that said, there were a couple coaching decisions today that I scratched my head at. Preach. None more so than the decision to send Zach Schmidt out to attempt a 46-yard field goal in what was at that point a driving rain with six and a half minutes left to go in a tie football game, a fourth and three, and a running back in the backfield, Brandon, that had rushed for 211 yards and two touchdowns on 25 carries. And Brett Venables said in postgame that, well, what he said amounted to, I, have I, didn't, have, I didn't have faith in our offense to mm-hmm. convert on fourth down. Mm-hmm. And look, they were one for eleven on third downs. Yeah, but again, like I I think it says a lot about where everything is at right now. Everything. The fact that your head coach didn't even really give it a second thought. It didn't even look like it was a conversation. He sent the kicker straight onto the field to kick a 46-yarder in a driving rain to try and go up by three instead of trying to convert a fourth and short. Now, I, I don't agree with that call, Mm-mm. but I also think, you know what, you look at the fact that the offense went one for 11 on third downs, as you mentioned, kind of felt like a lose-lose there. I If I'm in that situation, if I'm the one making the call, I'm riding my horses till they drop. And Eric Gray has been absolutely phenomenal for Oklahoma over the course of conference play in particular. Mm -hmm. He has been a revelation. And today might have been the best game of what has been a stretch of games that feel like he's continually building week after week, stacking his best game on top of his new best game. And so I don't understand how you don't trust your offense to get you three yards there. Well, I I say that. I I do understand why you don't trust your offense because they hadn't been getting it done. But but what I'm getting at is when you get to the point where you're actively distrusting your offense in a situation like that to be able to convert, I think it speaks to the issue that, again, we spent the entire week talking about, which is that this football team lacks dogs. Yeah. And that's what a dog is. A dog is a guy who's going to go and make you a play late in the game to win. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Well, first off, 
we asked BV, uh, my, myself and Ryan Aber, was it, it, it was me or was Bailey? It was me and Bailey or was maybe an Aber. I can't remember. It was one of those two uh, that asked uh, the the confidence questions right after he said all that. Like, because that's essentially what it stems from. Like, okay, so you don't have confidence in your offense. How can you get them to have confidence? Because obviously the whole team has zero confidence. They're one for 11. And I'm not just talking offensively. I'm talking across the damn board. No confidence at all. And at some point the coaches have got to help them get that back somehow, somewhere. And I know confidence is earned. I get that. But that is putting them in position to earn that. And that goes to where you're talking about that, that fourth down, that's where you can earn the confidence right there. I mean, you're essentially handing them the ball there anyways. If you miss, you might as well go for it. Yeah. Right. I mean, like the odds of you hitting that field goal in the conditions that were going on were like 10%. And he got close, but they weren't great. And whatever happened, this was my question to you, to Braden Willis in the Wildcat. Oh, that's I, I, that's not where I thought that was going. But where, where, what? Why, why did we just decide that that's not a thing anymore? Like, apparently, Braden Willis wasn't a thing today because no, he, he wasn't. Pass. Well, he did. He just got taken away. But yes, statistically, zero passes caught. But uh, what? You got a fourth down, fourth and two. You have a 250-pound tight end that runs a 4-6 and is a freaking load going up the middle. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you two yards. You think so? Well, I, I we've seen it. We've seen it fell on fourth and four. We've not seen it fell on fourth and three or fourth and two. It's been it's been gold on those. And all of a sudden it's not a thing anymore. And if they go Wildcat, it's to Marcus Major, who, by the way, didn't see the field at all hardly today. If if I don't think I saw him once. Uh he was on he he probably had six or seven snaps in that football game. I don't didn't know if he had a carry. I don't think so. Javante Barnes had several, but mm-hmm. obviously Gray handled the majority of the work out of the backfield. And Gray's a dude. But if you're not going to use Eric Gray or the Gray Cat, I think would have been another way to go. Willie Cat, why not? Why not? Like, what happened to those things? Like, if you're going to, if you're going to do the analytics crap, do it right. Well, and again, oh my gosh, you're going to get me on another analytics soapbox. But analytics, you don't need analytics to make that call. All you need is to look at the box score, say, oh, Eric Gray's got 25 for 211 and two touchdowns. We're just going to turn and hand the ball off to him. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get three yards here. Don't deserve it. Nobody's going to have a bone to pick in postgame about it. No, because nobody is second guessing Brett Venables. Nobody is second guessing Jeff Levy. If on that fourth and three, you just turn and hand the ball to the guy that has been the bread and butter of your offense all day and pretty much all season, and he just doesn't get the line again. Well, 
if somebody did question it, you know what the, the Brent Biddle says? I thought handing it to the guy that was averaging 8.6 yards a carry, we would get two. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and nobody could question it after exactly. that. Like, You're like, well, oh, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I will say this. People think that there's not been improvement, and I'm calling BS on that because – there's been improvement. It just hasn't been consistent improvement. Yeah, that's the problem. There's it's been improvement followed by regression. Yep. And it when we say regression, it, it it doesn't mean like actual play, like tackling or doing your job or something like that. It's stupidity as in penalties or other things that just cause you to have a mishap on the field. Uh, Danny Stutzman today, after everything that was said about him all week, and some of it was fair. And I think you would get him to agree with that. And I probably his dad and everybody else, they didn't have the best game against Baylor. That was fair. But he came out, man, and played one well of a game, bro. Like he played good. The issue was, is he's and this has been the issue all year. All year long. Aguebu plays good, Stutzman plays bad. Stutzman plays good, Aguebu plays bad. You can't have one linebacker playing good and the other one playing bad when they're the only two in the middle of the field. Yeah, That's where Oklahoma gets beat because they'll go, okay, this guy's not playing well today. We're going to go at him. They went right at Stutzman. Baylor went right at Stutzman last week because Aguebu had a good game against Baylor. He made several big plays in the yeah, backfield. He had a decent game. compared to compared to Stutzman he had a good game that's where I'm getting at but today Stutzman you there was there was a time in the second quarter where every time West Virginia snapped the ball you heard number 28 Danny Stutzman on the tackle number 28 Danny Stutzman on the tackle he had 14 tackles today yeah he was unbelievable 14 of them yeah, he was unbelievable. People, you can say whatever you want. He wasn't a problem today. He did get buried on that last, that one, uh, that last touchdown run by Green uh, in the third quarter. And that's that's but, my frustration. That is the sum of my frustration yeah. with this team right now, Brandon. If you can isolate it to one player and one play. Danny Stutzman in that moment summarized what Oklahoma football is in 2022. Mm -hmm. They are a team that can play well for three and a half quarters. And when crunch time comes calling, buckle. Exactly. They buckle. And there were some very good performances on the defensive side of the ball today. CJ Colden is another guy that in his first career start as an Oklahoma Sooner, Turned in a whopper. Yes, he did. He had nine tackles. Uh-huh. Played very well at the cornerback position. Ethan Downs was phenomenal. Ethan Downs had three tackles for loss. We're just naming the names that every OU fan nitpicks all the time, and they played well today. They did. The defense as a whole played very well <laughs> until it was time to play well. Yeah. And again, yeah. that's the frustration. Yeah. That that first that first half was like, who is this? What team is this out there defensively? It was it was weird to watch because it was like, and I even I, I was sitting next to a couple of, a couple of the OU Daily guys, and 
turned to one of them and I said, I don't know that I felt since Nebraska that the confidence that I have right now that Oklahoma is going to stop Baylor on this third down or fourth down. And they did. But then come the fourth quarter, it's fourth and 10. And guess what happens? First down, baby. First down. And yeah, by the way, that that's another thing that just can't happen. No, you, that can't, never... you can't be surrendering conversions on fourth and 10 in the fourth quarter of a football game. No. You and also probably don't want to go off sides and give them it was originally a fourth, fourth and fifteen. Yeah. yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked. That they and they were kind of in no man's land. Yeah. But I was shocked they even lined up to go for that in the first place. I wasn't because I said they were going to get it. I said, oh, they're going for it. They're getting it. Literally said that in the press box. That shows you how inconsistent this team is. Oh, great. We stopped you. Downs one through three. Yeah. yeah it's time to time to fold here. We want to stay on the field a little longer. Here's <laughs> here's what feels diametrically different about last year's team versus this year's team at this point, Brandon. Watching that fourth quarter, <clears throat> actually, I'll, I'll rewind to 2021. When you watched Oklahoma in 2021, they could be playing really ugly football. But you knew they were going to win. You knew they were going to win. Mm-hmm. You knew somehow, some way, they were going to find a way to pull it out. Caleb was going to pull a ball Watching out, so Oklahoma today, watching Oklahoma the last month, month and a half, you haven't been able to shake the feeling that they're going to find a way to lose this game. Yeah. No matter how good they're looking, no matter how much the momentum is trending in their favor, they're going to find a way to come out on the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's what I'm getting at with that. If that's the way I feel watching the football game as a casual observer, is the mentality on that sideline reflective of the mentality that I have watching OU football? That is to say, are those players under the impression that when push comes to shove in a late game situation, they're not going to be able to get it done. Is there a lack of confidence? Yeah, I think there is. There, there, that's, that's not even a question. There's 100% a lack of okay, confidence. In, in a general sense, yes. But is there a lack of confidence in being able to finish? Because it seems to me that there is at this point. And you can't have that type of approach. You can't have that type of mentality and expect this thing to get back on track. It's not going to happen. And now you got two games left in your regular season at home against Oklahoma State and on the road against Texas Tech. I don't know what we're going to get from this Oklahoma team, Brandon, because I can't make heads or tails of which Oklahoma football team is going to show up down the stretch when it matters. I can't make heads or tails of what this program is going to do, what this team is going to do if they get into a situation late in the game with the Cowboys or the Red Raiders where, much like we've seen the last couple of weeks against Baylor and West Virginia, they need to make a play or two in order to solidify the win. And so mm-hmm. you'd like to be able to say, 
that Oklahoma can at least split these last two games and attain bowl eligibility. Right. But they can't do that the way that they've been playing these last two weeks because you're not going to beat Oklahoma State right now the way that you're playing. You're not going to go on the road and beat Texas Tech without displaying the resilience that was conspicuously absent today in Morgantown when you needed it the most. Yeah. And I'll I'll add this. And I'm not going to name names. But there are players on this football team at this point, Brandon, that I'm just out on. I I think we've seen some of these guys – make the same mistakes over and over and over again to the point where it would not bother me if you threw a true freshman out there in their place. Even if it's a guy that hasn't been performing as well in practice, even if it's a guy that's a bit more of an unquantified variable than the guy that's playing right now. Because at a certain point, I think you just have to shake some things up. Yeah. For the sake of all involved. And I think we're at that point. At five and five, this season for Oklahoma. But do you, do you want to do you do that at the risk of not making a bowl game? Are you gonna? I mean, are you gonna make a bowl game at this point if you don't change something? I think if you don't change and you keep the status quo as is, you've been in ball games like this. Is like I said, this is like we talked about this. It's literally the mirror of twenty sixteen Georgia. In 20, 2007, Bama, where you just keep losing these one-possession games. That's all they did in Saban's year one and Kirby Smart's year one. They, they lost one-possession game after one-possession game, but they went bowling. I know Saban was six and six, seven and six. After the bowl game, Kirby Smart was seven and five, I think, right? Eight and five by eight the end five. of the year. Yep. Eight and five by the end of the year. So – that that's that's what that is you 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 throw the texas game and the tcu game out due to the the quarterback issue among other things and it is a mirror image you know what i mean we've talked we both agreed on that like it literally is a mirror image of those guys and they're so close but yet they kill themselves just like those two programs did they beat themselves Great, they're they're they were good teams. Just beat themselves. I'm not saying this Oklahoma team's a good team because the record says otherwise, but has they don't make the stupid mistakes that they make, which are a sign of a bad team that they're making those mistakes, but they're correctable mistakes. That's I think that's the most frustrating thing about this whole thing. Is they're freaking correctable, and yet they still do it. It's like they correct one thing and go back on another thing. Like we said earlier, it's like, let's correct all these penalties over here and screw up over here on these penalties. Yeah. It's, it's one thing after another. It's, it's, there's the word consistency keeps getting brought up over and over and over because that's what this team lacks consistency and confidence. The two C's, the two biggest C's in all sports. And they don't have either one of them. They're not one for two. They're 0 for two. They're 0 for two. You can't win ball games when you're like that. They have Bedlam coming up, Parker. They sure as hell better find one of those before that game. 
the rivalry, the intensity, the emotion will take them far enough that they can play in that game and keep up. But they've got to find consistency and or confidence to do the rest. Because if they don't, they're five and six. And they're back-to-back losses in Bedlam. And that's probably the worst feeling ever if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan or an Oklahoma Sooner player at that. I just I you said you said the two biggest C's in all of sports, Oklahoma doesn't have either one of them. I, there were double entendres aplenty running through my head <laughs> in that moment. But, what, what what C's are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness. We're not, we're not like, South Carolina, jackass. In, <laughs> in, in all seriousness. Spencer Rattler, the biggest cock commander. Is that what, was that? Remember that? Oh, bull, the, the sign we saw this morning? <laughs> um the old Bill Parcells saying is you are what your record says you are, right? And in general, that holds true. Doesn't hold true in 100% of cases. Yeah, I don't I think say, it holds true. Here I would 100%. say 80, 80% of the time, it does. Mm-hmm. And you you look at Oklahoma and you look at the way they played in 2022, can't really argue with the fact that they deserve to be 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. They, they deserve to be exactly yeah. where they're at. They're, they they're, but they're bet. We both can agree. I think Oklahoma Sooner fans, I think the coaches, I think everybody in the Big 12, I think everybody in college football would agree they're better than their record if they could just not be stupid. Yeah. Well, and that's the way I look at it is, but that's a big if. Exactly. Big if. They're better than their record if, if. right? Every team in America is better than their record if. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, for Oklahoma, we gotta we gotta quit asking the question, what if, right? And we gotta see some of these things materialize on the football field. We gotta see some of these things that Brent Venables has talked about, that this staff has preached, that these players have preached week in and week out over the course of the season. We got to see some of these things start to take shape. Mm-hmm. And they're not right now. Oklahoma in 2022 is five and five, and that's indicative of the fact that. They're an average football team. That's really what they are. Yeah, they are. They're, they're a, average. They're a team with I, I, I still believe this team has above average talent, but when it comes to execution, they are below average. Mm-hmm. They have ten and win that, talent and five win IQ at times. Yeah, and the execution thing manifests itself in a variety of different ways. Whether that's penalties, whether that's mental lapses, whether that's dropped passes, what have you. Execution is elusive for this football team, and it's what's held them back. They could very easily be 8-2 and right now. They could very easily be 8-2. and But they don't execute. And they don't execute when they need to. Yeah. Execution is at its worst for this football team, when they need it the most. It's not a recipe for winning football. No, I'm with you. I just... I just... It's just been hard to watch. I mean, like, I, I, there's so many things. Like, I have to hold back. I'm not much of a cursor, but I'm, like, I'm wanting to curse a lot right now because I'm that frustrated with what what's going on. Like I can't 
I can't. Like when it's coming from the best players on your team at times, that's when you know things aren't good. Because normally when things go bad, you can at least count on your best players being like, eh, well, I did my part, right? Well, they're the ones screwing up the biggest sometimes. And you said it, you gave the perfect analogy, 2021. Oklahoma just found a way to win. Like they, Kansas, like you were like, oh my gosh, they're going to lose to Kansas. But everybody knew they weren't going to lose to Kansas. Right? Like they were going to pull it out somehow, some way. And Magic Man came out and did his thing. And But they don't have that. Now I know that, look, they don't have that. And I talked about that earlier in the podcast. There's people even on my Twitter feed right now trying to blame Dylan and they're not winning because Dylan's Gabriel's not doing this and he's not doing that and blah, blah, blah. You're spoiled. You're spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler in 2020, Caleb Williams in 2021. You're spoiled. Well, and, They okay. played elite football in – I'm not saying Dylan Gabriel's not a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But he can't mask your screw-ups the way those guys could. You could give up 50 points. They're going to score 60 for your ass. Yeah. This isn't happening. And I, that goes with the confidence. I think some of that, you get Marvin Mims dropping passes. He doesn't drop a pass on 21 or 20. He made those plays. And I I want to emphasize what what Brandon is not saying is you need to be content with Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel's immune from criticism. Don't no. come at Dylan Gabriel. Because everybody's culpable right now yes. across this roster. And obviously the quarterback is going to shoulder a good portion of the heat. That's always the case. But what it is not fair to do is hold Dylan Gabriel responsible for this team's misfortune when there are a laundry list of other issues that plague this team week in and week out and prevent them from playing winning football. Right. No, and that that was my – to add to that, there was a guy tweeting with me today back and forth. It's like, well, Dylan Gabriel had a 30% QBR, and I was like, no, he – Quarterback rating was like a 130-something. Like, it wasn't bad. He was 17 for 28 for 190 yards. Do you know how many passes that I, I have? Them, I have them notated. The passes notated in my little notebook where I keep all my little stuff during the game. You know how many drop passes literally hit the guys right in the hands and they just dropped them? There were quite a few. There was five. Five that I, I count as, like, actual drops, like hit you in the chest or hit you – in stride, perfect pass. That puts Dylan Gabriel in, and if you throw the the offensive PI out and he actually catches it, that puts Dylan Gabriel at um 23 for 29 and probably on close to 300 yards and three touchdowns. That's that's the difference between a catch and a drop and a win 
and a loss. And I'm not saying those drops are why they lost. I'm not saying that, folks. But that's part of it. And again, this... That is part of it. That adds into the face mask on third down after you sack the quarterback. That that adds into the false the offsides on fourth and 15 when you got an interception and now it comes back and they score touchdown a few plays later. That goes back to um what's another really stupid thing that happened? There's been plenty. I'm just trying to think of them off the top of my head. Um there was a pass interference that goes to the pass interference that kept them on the field on a third down. Uh Morrison pass interference. Yeah. When all he had to do was turn his head around. Dude wasn't like it. There's so many things, man. Like it all adds up. That that goes to the fourth downs and the third downs where the offensive line decided they were gonna get allow penetration and not push their guy backwards and get I I just I haven't seen a team like this since I was and I don't I don't know that 2005 even equals this at this point maybe they do the Bomar team was pretty bad but they finished hot. So that's why I don't I don't have that down. I would have to say 1998. I was 15 years old. Folks, I'm 39. It's been 24 years since I've seen crap like this happen. 24 years. 2014, I don't count. 2014, they they went through they went through quarterbacks like they went through like a Stand up or whatever the 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 host of the American Movie Awards goes through clothes in their opening comic stand up whatever they're doing up there. I don't know, like uh, you know, what I'm saying like it's just this is just ridiculous. This is a ridiculous season. <laughs> it's a ridiculous season. What? To beat Oklahoma State, though, let's move on there. Because, or well, have I have something to I, say real quick. Yes, I have one more thing to add. Yep. We have, I mean, scrolling through the OU Insider VIP board in the aftermath of that football game, one of the questions that people continually asked, and it was coming from all different directions, it wasn't just one person, it was several people asking the exact same question, which is, what's it going to take for somebody to get fired? So you're one. To, and, I, and just to put this in perspective, God. arguably the worst coaching experiment, coaching tenure of the last decade, maybe longer, mm-hmm. was obviously Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. <clears throat> Urban Meyer got 13 games, Brandon. Mm-hmm. The Sooners have played 10. Yeah. So if you want somebody fired, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that changes don't need to be made in the offseason or that you should be 100% satisfied with this program top to bottom because I don't think anybody's satisfied with anything right now. Mm-hmm. But 
The solution right now is not to start firing people willy-nilly. The solution is not to make a blood sacrifice. Again, that's not to say that that doesn't happen at the end of the season. There may be changes made. I would venture to say there likely will be some changes made. But 10 games in, can we all just chill on that front, please? Because it doesn't... It doesn't solve anything. And at this point, it's not going to dramatically alter the outcome. Right. The difference between six and six and seven and five is quite literally negligible right now. These last two games of the season, okay. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. If you end up six and six, fine. If you end up seven and five, fine. You end up five and seven. If you lose these last two, that's that's where things start to get dicey. And that's where they're going to be some questions about accountability and holding people responsible for the way that this team will have stumbled to the finish line if that comes to fruition. But right now, we just move ahead to game day next Saturday without – continually trying to crack open the can of worms about firing somebody, anybody. Yep. Because firing someone at this point in time is not going to solve any of the issues that Oklahoma has as a football program. And making a move that drastic, again, is just not going to matter. <laughs> Brandon's, How did he get Brandon, so wide open? Brandon's gasping because Quentin Johnson, wasn't he not supposed to play tonight? No, they said it was a game time decision. Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, I had the same reaction. Brandon's, the Brandon's watching TCU in Texas. So TCU he, just took a uh <laughs> took a 17 to 3 lead on a Quentin Johnson touchdown catch. But nobody needs to be fired tomorrow. Nobody should be fired tomorrow. Let's revisit that conversation come December. At that point, it's fair. At this point, let's just see how the remainder of the season plays out and if this thing can get back on track in any capacity. Let's give it two more games. I'm calling it right now. Oklahoma's beating Oklahoma State. You can elaborate on that, or you I just, just said it. I said it. Drop the mic there. No, I could just drop the mic there. I guess I'll go into it. Here's the here's the, here's here's the thing. Is you see glimpses of what this team could be. Everybody does. If you don't, that means you're just so negative all the time that you can't see the facts and the actual truth. Parker, do you see glimpses of what this team could be at times? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. You said Without three and a half quarters. They played really good for three and a half quarters today. And then Well, then I wouldn't say they played really good. They played good enough to win for three and a half quarters. Right. Well, I mean, you play good enough to win on the road in those in that environment of the rain and all that. You played good. So um they played good enough to beat Baylor. They played good enough to beat K-State. Obviously, 
we discussed it, TCU, Texas, there's nothing much they could do. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. You can't run ball games without a quarterback. The reason I'm saying they will, they will win, and if they don't, I'll take it right here. I suck at predictions, but I'm calling it Sunday night. It is 10.20, so 9.20 Central Time. I'm calling it because Venable said something in the presser of at some point, everybody's got to get pissed and they have to react to how they've been, how pissed they are at it. They can't think it's okay because they played good for three and a half quarters and not a half, half a quarter. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. Or yeah. they lost because that mistake happened or this mistake happened or this drop pass or that drop pass. They got to get pissed off and take accountability. There's got to be accountability across the freaking board. It's got to happen. In what better way or better um, week to do it than Bedlam? In-state rival team that you should have beat last year. The coach that left lost the game on purpose. We're all gonna we all we all know it. We all believe that. You believe that too, right? Like legitimately just I, kind of stuff. He he stopped calling plays, dude. He's up by double digits and just stopped calling plays. I I I don't I don't know if I believe that he lost the game on purpose, but okay, did I believe actively that... try to win? How about that? Okay, sure. I'm I'm comfortable that is... with that. Okay. Um he didn't actively try to win. And so you have so many reasons and so many things to and you know Spencer Sanders is gonna say something. He said something last year, said something year before, he's gonna say it again. He's gonna say, We're going to win, talking about Oklahoma State, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I just think this is the week you do it. If you're Venables, you can rally the troops. If you beat Oklahoma state, you can rally troops for Lubbock. You can go out on a win and you can set yourself up for whatever ball game, Texas bowl, weed eater bowl. I don't know if that's still a thing. There's so many of them. I don't keep track anymore, but you got a chance to shake some things up and do some things that could help you springboard into the 2023 season. And this is the week you do it, and I'm calling it now for YOU fans, Oklahoma wins. Okay, well, I mean, I... I know you don't have the same... No, I I do not have the same feeling. (laughs) I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I don't think Oklahoma wins that game because I think the one thing that Oklahoma is very bad at which is execution happens to be the one thing Oklahoma state's really good at. And so, no, I, I don't have a ton of faith that the Sooners get it done this next Saturday. And I you're think probably right. I, but I'm, I'm, I have faith though. You fans don't listen to him. I have faith. He's probably right. But I have faith. I just think, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let myself. I just can't live in a world where Oklahoma's five and six, sub 500. I think that's more or less why I'm doing it more than anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that would be the latest in a season that they've been sub 500 since the Blake era. Mm-hmm. Um, 1998. 
but no, I, I, I don't feel great about Bedlam next weekend. And ultimately, I do think it comes down to that Thanksgiving weekend road trip to Lubbock to determine whether the Sooners are bowl eligible or not. Now, the Sooners could come out inspired next week. Maybe they, maybe they are pissed. Maybe this is what it takes to get everybody clued into the fact that look, this this just isn't acceptable. What it what? I'm just laughing because you and I both know that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm sorry I got y'all's hopes up, but I'm go, I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna stick with it all week. Okay. But like here's here, here's my thing. If nothing's changed yet this year in that regard, how's it all of a sudden gonna change now? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying I'm not going to sit here and predict that it doesn't. He's here to poo-poo on our parade here. I will be late to the party rather than early on the whole. Why is the Jennifer poops on the party? Why is she pooping? <laughs> That's one of the best, by the way. Who's Jennifer's? So that's that. <laughs> we got two games left. I poops at the party, but people don't know. <laughs> Have you seen that before? No, I have not. <laughs> I have to show. It. Okay, I'm totally. Just... We're totally off the rails now. All right, look, folks. Oklahoma lost twenty-three to twenty today on the last second field goal. It wasn't as high-scoring game as we thought it was going to be. Weather was part of it, but the defenses on both sides were part of it as well. So. You got to give credit where credit was due. Both defenses performed well enough to win. It came down to execution. It came down to penalties. And it came down to drop passes. You want to line all that up together, that's how you lose a ball game. That's why no specific group is to be fully blamed. It's a team effort. When you're one for 11 on third downs because your offensive line can't get a good push going, um, your starting center is out with a shoulder injury. Your uh, your short two safeties or two DBs, right? Yeah, your short Lawrence and Broyles. Yep. Yeah, and your short though. I think Colin's better than Jaden Davis, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I would argue it is both here and there. And yes, I, yeah, I, I think Colton is. Yeah, I, I think Colton's better than Davis too. He's better. He's better. Uh, but but here's the thing: is you add all those things up, you got the mistakes, you have the drop passes, not executing on third and fourth downs offensively, not being able to stop late on late in the season, late in the second half, not being able to stop third and fourth downs in the second half, and just not executing on some simple plays that could have been executed better, ultimately cost Oklahoma the ball game. It's a uh, story that we've heard over and over and over and over and over and over this year. Maybe Bedlam's changing it. Parker, as he eloquently laid out, probably not. But I'm sticking with the Bedlam. They're going to win because a world where Oklahoma sub-500 just isn't the world I want to live in. Not from, well, selfishly for myself because your fans are just so gracious and awesome right now with all the losing. They're, it doesn't give us anxiety at all. 
but it, it's this it's not fun for anybody it isn't it, the, this season has not been fun period that's fair right season has not been fun find me anyone who would disagree with you on that <laughs> somebody right the oklahoma's opposing teams <laughs> the season has been fun <laughs> so texas fans oklahoma state fans maybe until bedlam so hey look and that that's another thing you watch how oklahoma state performed against k-state I, or, yeah, and I know Oklahoma did the same kind of performance against Texas, but Oklahoma State had their quarterback. They were at home. No, no, excuse me. They were in Manhattan. They were in Manhattan. They were yeah, Manhattan. they they were they in Manhattan, Manhattan and they didn't have their quarterback. No, they did have. No, they had him. They had. Didn't remember he played. Didn't know. Okay, you, you, you actually, he, you are he right. He stood out right. in the second half. Yeah. Gunnar Gundy was in the game by the end of it. But yes, yes. Yeah, Spencer yeah. Sanders did start that game. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, my point is, is that's that's something you can hang your hat on. I mean, they they haven't played particularly well offensively. Spencer Sanders played a little bit today. Looked okay. Looked great. We'll see. Then again, you know who else didn't look great offensively last weekend? West Virginia. Fair enough. That's fair against Iowa State. Same thing. Same same team that made Oklahoma State look pretty pedestrian today. So, yeah, that's fair. This, this if there's one thing this Sooner defense has excelled at this season, is making people look it's good. Making Jags look like legends. Yeah. Fair enough. Got any final thoughts going into the Bedlam week? I'm I'm tapped out, Brandon. I got nothing else to offer that I haven't already said. Yeah, we didn't talk recruiting, which is okay with me. So yeah, I'm right there with you. So you do need to talk Atabori before we go. You do need to talk. You talk to Atabori. You need yeah. to make that clear to everybody. Okay. Five star defensive lineman PJ Atabori called. He called Parker while we were driving back to the hotel today. Still locked in with Oklahoma. Contrary to what message boards would have you believe this weekend. Hmm. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's a 0% chance that that changes because if things continue to go downhill, I don't know if any, I I don't know if anything is safe to assume about this 2023 recruiting class. Say they lose the last two games. What do you think the odds are? He flips to somebody else. Look, if you're five and seven, Brandon, like, just what are the odds? I mean, like Texas was five and seven last year, and they ended up with a top five class. Okay, but right, but Oklahoma, I, you and I, you know who I talked with and what I talked with this weekend. Oklahoma's going to play the game, and they're going to play it right until it's unplayable and it's time to move on. I just think if you if you're five and seven and you're not bowl eligible, you can't feel great about holding on to any individual commitment. Regardless of what they say in the public eye, because this cycle, except in for Jackson Arnold, probably because his girlfriend's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he's like the exception, right? Girlfriends are undefeated. Yeah, still until Peyton until, until we get an outcome to Peyton Bowen situation. Yeah, yeah, for the moment, girlfriends are undefeated. Yeah, um, but no, I just i I think especially in today's day and age, in this cycle, especially with 
how much things are poised to change over the last six weeks until I guess we're close to four weeks than six to early signing day with as much as is going to change with as much as has already changed with as uh, predatory as some of these schools will be when it comes to re-engaging with other programs commits, especially programs that aren't performing, especially well on the field, man, you can't take anything for granted. You cannot take anything for granted yeah. as it pertains to recruiting. If you don't close the season with at least another win, you need to, you need to win a football game mm-hmm. badly in the worst way right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I look, if, Decommits happen, they happen, folks. I think it's something you just got. Oklahoma is not going to be the only team that's going through that. Guarantee you, A and M, Texas could go through that. Losing to TCU, they have to go to they have to go to Kansas after this. By the way, just so you all understand their predicament, and then they have to play Baylor. So their 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 schedule is not getting any easier as they go out uh, the final two games of the season. Uh, so you could see a lot of things happen over the next few weeks, and that's about it. I mean, I don't think it's doom and gloom for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail at this juncture. As a matter of fact, losing by three points, say Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State by a couple points, and then they go and they beat Texas Tech, or even if they lose to Texas Tech by three points or two or one or a touchdown or something in Lubbock, there's still that they're they're barely losing. You have that selling point of I could come in and put them over the top. Yep. And now instead of five and seven, they're ten and two. Like that's 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 a legit possibility. With the talent Oklahoma has returning next year, with the recruiting class as it sits, and the additions that they could have, even with the losing. I'm not saying that losing isn't going to hurt them because I think that's just as that's just as much, if not greater, of a possibility than it helping. But there's still that chance of helping, losing helping, uh, just because these guys know they can come in and play right away. So there's recruiting's an unpredictable science. It really is. And that's why sometimes fans get a little too overzealous on their predictions of doom and gloom and stuff like that. When kids don't look at it the way a fan looks at it, I've always said that I'm going to continue to say that they don't look at this the way you all look at it. There's so many other variables than the wins and loss column that they're looking at because that's their livelihood on an everyday basis not just a Saturday in the fall does that make sense? it makes a lot of sense man. yes so, anyways alright Oklahoma lost 23 to 20 uh, if you're not a subscriber to this YouTube channel subscribe subscribe have we hit 8,000 yet? not quite almost still getting there 8,000 we've still only been doing this for like 3 months on this by the way so that's really good uh, and if you're not a subscriber to OU Insider, we've got a lot of news coming up in the next few weeks. Bedlam's coming up, big, huge visit week coming up. So we're going to have you guys loaded with information all week long. 
on OU Insider VIP. $1 for the first month, $9.95 afterwards. If you don't want to do that, it is 30% off, which means you get OU Insider for a whole year if you sign up annually for $75. $75 gets you one year. You stay with OU Insider all year. Guess what happens after that? What happens after that, Brian? You get Paramount Plus for free if you get it, if you stay with us for one year. Paramount Plus, which means you get every stinking Paramount movie ever made. You get every show they've ever made, The Offer. You get uh, Tulsa Kings. You get um, the, the the show with Jeremy Renner that I love. I can't remember the name ever. Um, you get 1931. Or excuse me, 1831, you get 1932, the other prequel to Yellowstone that goes with 1831. You get all the Top Gun stuff. You get all the uh, Jack Reacher. You get, oh my gosh, there's just so many great movies that Paramount's made over the years that you get right there at your disposal. One click, on demand, bam. And you get Comedy Central, any type of SEC sports, any type of sports that's showing the Masters, all that type of stuff. If it's on CBS Viacom, uh, MTV, all that type of stuff, you get to watch it. So it's worth it. $1 for the first month, $9.95 afterwards, or one year, $75. Then after, after the first year, you get Paramount Plus for free to go with it. So it's a two-for-one deal. All right, that's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners Post Game Podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here for Parker Thune. You guys have a blessed day. We will see you later on this week for the YouTube Live, and we'll see you guys uh, for the podcast as well later on this week. Heading into Bedlam, OU versus OSU. Uh, time to be determined. They haven't announced it.